Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 82. My name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. This is uh, take three, this is the real one. Oh my god, how is it going, girls and gays? How's everyone doing? Um, so, uh, for this week's episode, before we talk about uh, the, air quotes, film uh, that we watched this week, um, I want to briefly talk about uh, the Chaz. <laughs> Um, and the, the Minneapolis Sanctuary Hotel and other things of that nature that are happening, uh, in our country right now. Um, I am going to be speaking kind of broadly about these things because there are, there's a lot of misinformation going around, uh, mm -hmm. about the specifics of what's going on. There's a lot of, uh, right-wingers and a lot of liberals who are telling, you know, a lot of really crazy stories about what is going on in these places that don't seem to be true. So we're going to keep it pretty broad. Um, so the Chaz... Um, if you are not aware, is the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. It is a six-block radius in Seattle uh, where a group of protesters has basically claimed a space. The Seattle PD abandoned one of their precincts, um, seemingly to try to bait the protesters into burning it down, and instead uh, people barricaded off the streets... Um, and are now uh, organizing a community in that space. Um, the Minneapolis Sanctuary Hotel, um, which currently seems to be falling apart, um, largely because it seems like the capitalists have showed up and told them that they are not allowed to be doing what they are doing. Um, but uh, the Sanctuary Hotel was a Sheraton in downtown Minneapolis, uh, that was near the precinct that they burned down in Minneapolis. And so some, you know, a group of organizers took over the building and housed people there and were housing up to 200 people who were sleeping on the streets in the area around where the hotel was. Um, and, you know, so I, I'm, we're not going to talk a ton of specifics, like I said, because it's really hard to know exactly what's going on in these places. But I think it's important to just kind of talk about the fact that these things are happening. Um, and really, I would mostly just want to talk about um, watching the interview that I watched um, with one of the people who was organizing the Sanctuary Hotel in Minneapolis um, and, you know hearing this woman who, you know, is clearly, like, completely overwhelmed by what is happening and, you know, is basically just saying, like, yeah, you know, we we didn't really have a long-term plan or anything, but this seemed like the right thing to do, and we really believe, you know, that, like, the best way to make a community safe and is to put people, you know, to, is to give people homes and not to, you know, put them in prison. Um, and watching that... Um, really just kind of like completely shook me uh to my core like just completely changed me <laughs> as a person almost because it was like you know it's 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 one thing to go your whole life or you know however long believing these things in theory believing uh right. you know in communism or anarchism however you want to slice it um you know believing that it really is that simple we really could just help people we really could just get people off the street we really could just get people help and we just don't because our society isn't built to do it um and 
yeah do, do you ever think about like how much we are trained to like hate like the very poor like mm-hmm. to hate people who don't have homes mm-hmm. like to that we are just trained to like be disgusted in them and and that's like a feeling that we still have to actively fight as people you know who grew up in like Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, places yeah. where homeless people are everywhere and, and are a punchline and are a fucking punchline yeah. and like like yeah it's i i don't want to digress too much but like this just the feeling of like watching these people get dignity and just get homes because like there's a building and these people can be here there's no reason why they shouldn't yeah yeah it uh i i just i just sat on my couch and just cried yeah um because i just i don't know man like to to see it just put into practice like yes a better world is possible and it was and it was so easy and you know like they ran into trouble you know it 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 got hard for them they they didn't have the resources to do what they needed to do to keep that place running but you know if our society was structured to provide for people then they could have you know um and so i don't know i think the the where i want to leave that is just like you know, th- this is what revolution is about. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's about survival programs. You know, that the U.S. government didn't get really scared of the Black Panthers until they started providing for people and feeding yeah. children breakfast for free, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, it's not just about burning down buildings, man. It's also about bold- burning down buildings, you know? Burning down buildings yeah. can be a very uh, effective tactic, um, but... It's also about organizing the people around you um, and providing for people in places where the government has failed to do that. Um, And so, I don't know. That's something that I'm thinking about a lot right now, um, especially Mm -hmm. with, like, my worries about Denver, uh, which I talked about a lot on last week's episode. Um, You know, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay you know, what can I do that is constructive here um, if I'm, you know, if I if I'm not sure about how the direction the protests are going, what other ways can we maybe, you know, help people in this city? Because there's a lot of people that are sleeping on the street in this city and in every city yeah. because, because capitalism is working as intended um, and it's intended to fail you. Um, and that's what's happening to a lot of people right now. More, like more people than we've maybe ever seen before in an unprecedented way. Um, yeah. I think that's I, I think that's all I had to say. Any 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 other thoughts on that before we before we talk about some stupid bullshit? <laughs> I you know, I remember uh the first winter that I spent in San Diego. Uh I noticed that there were just just an innumerable amount of people just sleeping on the street. You people, you know, with no uh, pe- people with no resources or anything just literally with the the clothes on their back and I was like why why is there so many people like this and the answers that I received um from all the other adults that I asked at my job or just around in general was like oh it's it's warmer here in the winter than where they usually like sleep on the street so they come here and I'm like that's not really like the answer that I'm looking for man I'm not looking for like why did they choose this city to be homeless in? Yeah. My question is like, why when they came here, it does it seem so impossible for them to to get any sort of help? 
Yeah. And I didn't receive an answer, and I tried to find answers. I tried to find resources for, like, helping these people. Mm-hmm. And it seems that the battle here in San Diego, and in fact most cities in America, is, like, it is it is almost impossible short of some sort of direct action like the Sanctuary Hotel. Um, like, we're not, you know... It's it's hard because obviously I believe that housing should be a utility, um, but like that's that's like the the that that still exists under capitalism. Like that could still exist under capitalism. Yeah, that's just one, and that's not ultimately the goal. Like that's maybe a pit stop in what I want, but like fuck man, there's just there's a lot of work to do, and sometimes I just I see things like this that just bypass the entire system, and it's like fuck, this is actually so much better. Yeah. 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 Um <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's that's all I will say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't want to leave it on a super downer note because I think the thing that I want to get across here is like um you know whatever your feelings about, you know, how people the, the autonomous zones um sure. or or the hotel or anything. Um it's important that we look to these things and that we root for them and that we wish them as much success <laughs> as possible. Um yeah, 100%. And, we, and we look to what they succeed at and we look at what they fail at and we try to learn from that and we support it in any way that we can because mm-hmm. this is the only way that this shit gets done you know yeah um, I, I i say it every fucking day a better world is possible mm-hmm. capitalism is not a force of nature no it's not we, gravity we we choose to do this yep collectively yep anyway yeah what did we watch uh for the stupid podcast that we do <laughs> this week <laughs> Oh, uh, it's a great podcast. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm enjoying every moment of this. We had, like, an existential um, crisis before this episode. <laughs> we were, like, we were just, like, staring at the list of, like, all of the bullshit that, that we have. That, that we have a large spreadsheet with, with video game movies and TV shows on it. It's, and it's I'm a just hefty list. It, and I'm just like, I don't want to watch any of these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. T- today's, today's Fresh Hell was Best Player. <laughs> it's a 2011 uh, TV film. It feels like it's much older. Mm-hmm. Um, was released uh, in yeah again in 2011. Stars Jerry Trainer and Jeanette McCurdy, both of which are the stars of both of which are are the least the two least successful people from iCarly, <laughs> uh, and they got a movie because yeah they the, got a movie the other, without Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Miranda Cosgrove was like had her music career going at that point. I think um, which. I just- God, I just realized that Miranda Cosgrove is in School of Rock, and this movie is just like a bad School of Rock. Yeah, she was. I bet they presented this treatment to her, and she's like, "Why would I be in the bad School of Rock when I was already in the one that has Jack fucking back?" Oh um, man. So anyway, uh, yeah, this is a School so, of Rock. <laughs> okay, I this is this is a really amazing uh, opportunity here. It's it's not often that I can just. I can pretty much just describe the plot of the movie as it occurs in the film. Um, yeah. And that also acts as a critique of the film. <laughs> like, like, you're going to hear this plot summary and you're already going to know why the movie is bad. <laughs> yeah, there's very... I'm reading through the plot uh, summation that you already made and there's very little editorializing in here. It's just, it's just pretty raw. Yeah, so, okay. So, Jerry Trader. He's a famous video game man. He's the best at video games. Uh, and he lives in his parents' basement, um, which, is uh-huh. ver- which is very funny to this movie. Um, <laughs> and Okay, so his parents are going to sell the house and move to Florida, and he doesn't want to move out of the basement, so he wants to buy the house from them. 
uh, so that so that so he has to win a, the the big video game tournament so that he can so that he can buy his house the, from the his convenient, own parents. The conveniently exactly the same size of prize <laughs> yeah. pool. Yeah, these are these are the these are the dizzyingly high stakes of best player. <laughs> um, unfortunately, there is a high school girl who is better at the video game than he is. So he goes to the city that she lives in, uh-huh. and he lies his way into a job at her high school, um, and then he dates her mother under false pretenses and then he uses his position as a teacher to interfere with her romantic life uh to try to ensure that she doesn't win the video game tournament um and then at the end he feels really bad about it um and he gets away with all of it and neither of them win the video game tournament but jerry trainer still gets to fuck jeanette jeanette mccurdy's mom um and that's the end of the movie (laughs) No, they they go to prom. You forgot. Oh the, yeah, and the, then they yeah the credits the credits montage. It's really astonishing how how one of the how one of the chief things in this film that drives the plot is like oh I'm gonna get her a date to the prom so that she can't go to the video game tournament and then she goes to the video game tournament and then after the video game tournament's like wow all right let's go to the prom now and then so I guess it didn't matter at all. How did you feel um, about the film uh, Best Player? Mark, um, this was one of the more excruciating films we've had. To it was watch rough. For the yeah, it was a bad time. <laughs> um, um, this was a bad time. Uh, it, and there, there wasn't a lot of, a lot of like bizarre moments to like make me say, "Haha, what the fuck?" It was just bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Twenty eleven, right? This was nine years ago, but it feels like forty years ago in terms of like nerd culture. Um. The things that this movie thinks are funny, like uh, adult gamer who lives in their basement, or like, haha, isn't that rad? They drive around in an ice cream truck, mm-hmm. or it's just, it's it's like season one Big Bang Theory tier yeah. of like, I, yeah, season one of Big Bang Theory was more self aware than this every like, easily every like generic joke about nerds that you can think of is in this movie. Um, like, 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 you know, you know the scene in every movie ever made where someone is like, refers to, uh, dolls as action figures, or, or, or yeah. action figures as dolls, and then, <laughs> and then, and then he has to go, they're not dolls, mom, they're collector's items. That, that happens in this movie. Yeah, um, there's like the, there's like the, the, the mom who like fixes him a snack, yeah. and is like, is like, honey, you're so good at those video games, and, yeah. and, and, there's a scene where like he's like trying to escape like a date gone wrong by like jumping out of the window of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. There's it's one of those movies where people uh, say awesome a lot like yeah. all the time. Uh-huh. It's like that awesome. kind of thing. Um it's a lot of people doing uh sitcom acting uh with movie cinematography and that's very bad. And I'm going to let me let me let me expand on that. You know, when you're doing a sitcom, that's you're basically doing stage acting, right? Because the camera's like, you know, you're doing three camera sitcom. The camera's pretty far away, so you're kind of like projecting a lot and doing this big ridiculous thing. Um, yeah. You know, Jerry Trainer and Jeanette McCurdy have only ever been on iCarly, so that is that the kind of acting they know how to do. And when <laughs> when that happens in a, in like you know a single camera <laughs> like film <laughs> with shots in it. 
Uh, it sucks really bad. It almost um, feels like it's paced to allow for like laugh tracks, but the laugh tracks never come. Yeah, because I, <laughs> that would be weird because it's not funny. I I texted you and said that this movie is paced like 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 concrete being poured out of a bucket onto your face. Like, and w- <laughs> what I meant by that is it's like it's just like it's slow. It'll slowly drip out for a long time and then a bunch of bullshit will fall on your head all at once and like 12 things will happen in the plot in like the span of two minutes and then nothing will happen it's, for a it's while it's like it's like when you're trying to get just one ice cube yeah. so you're like tapping the bottom of, yeah. <laughs> of the cup and then they all come yeah um yeah i didn't like it very much um there's like a real disdain for poverty in this movie um you know, well, they, like, li- they're, they're in the Bay Area in, like, a big-ass fucking house. Yeah. It's, they they kind of don't really talk about that aspect yeah. of it, but it's just it's just there. Yeah, the, like, the framing yeah. of, like, every character being, like, an attractive white person with a giant house um, really just makes this movie feel like it's just about being vapid and white and rich and, like, not having anything important ever happen to you, so you care about stupid bullshit. <laughs> Um, but I don't think the movie is aware of that. I think the movie is just made by right, rich white people who have big houses, and that's how they—that's their default. For yeah, how they it's, assume it's, people live. It's really funny that the prize for this tournament is one hundred and seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and in most like in most like dumb comedies where that's the stakes, you need this amount of money in order to prevent something catastrophic from happening. Like, just off the top of my fucking head. Like, even a movie as dumb and goofy as Hot Rod, like, he needs to do the jump to, like, pay for his dad's heart surgery, like a (laughs) life-saving surgery. And they, like, joke, they're like, the conveniently priced surgery. (laughs) But, like, like, in this movie, it's like, um, does the, the, the rich daughter of a white doctor who lives in a giant house in San Francisco... Uh, does she need one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars? Like, no, because she doesn't get it, and it's like, eh. and yeah. then they go to prom, and yeah, it the, doesn't fucking matter at the, all. The plot line with Jerry Trader, you know, is that he, you know, he he he's like, I need to buy my parents' house, or I'll have nowhere to go. And then he doesn't win the tournament; it doesn't have the money to buy his parents' house, and then it just kind of isn't resolved. Like they just, yeah, they the video and, game tournament ends, and they just move on and go to prom, and that's the yeah, end of the movie. It's like it's like not even that he would like have nowhere to go. It's just that like he he would have to like get his own apartment. He would instead, have to move which, his shit. <laughs> yeah, it, he. It seems like he just doesn't want to like move his couch. Yeah, and, like, he says some dumb thing about like the lighting in this basement is perfect for my my gaming yeah and it's like that's that's the stakes <laughs> of this fucking movie yeah it's i don't care about this yeah like this is the impetus for this character like yeah. traveling across the country to like <laughs> to like deceptively meddle in like a teenage girl's life yeah oh, he's like man. he's like 30 and and he's doing this. Yeah, like like literally just describing the plot. You're like, oh, this character's a terrible person. But then the, at the end of the movie, you're supposed to be like, oh shucks, but he really tries. <laughs> oh shucks, he, he. It's nice that he gets to fuck her mom. Yeah, that's good. Ugh. Um, do you want to? You wanted to, you wanted to mention that the shadow Jim Carrey casts <laughs> over Jerry Trainer. Poor poor Jerry Trainer. He just. He just wants to be Jim Carrey so bad, you know, like he just really, he just wants to be Jim Carrey so bad and he can't do it because nobody can be Jim Carrey because Jim Carrey is like a special, like, like, like savant individual 
who can, like, move his face muscles on, like, a microscopic scale to get the yeah. exact ridiculous comedy expression that you want. You know, like, Jim Carrey is, like, some sort of mad genius of physical comedy, you know? And Jerry Trainer is not, <laughs> you know? Jerry Trainer is just some dude who had that hair and... <laughs> Yeah. And they they put him in a t shirt and a sports coat, yeah. and he he just kind of he just kind of like existed in front of a camera in like 2010, <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of all you had to do as like a white dude who was like six feet tall and skinny. <laughs> you kind of just had to have that hair and just just fucking vibe, like. <laughs> oh man, this, um, I don't. Th- I, I'm gonna say it. I don't think he's a talented actor. <laughs> no, it's. It's not a it's not a compelling performance, to be honest. Um, no, so it's not, I think, his, not his breakout role. <laughs> so I think we 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 you know we we briefly mentioned uh, you know this is basically the plot of School of Rock. So like he also gets a job at her school, and we get a couple classes of him being a terrible home ec teacher, and that stuff is really mm-hmm. embarrassing. Um, and you know again all of it is really creepy because he's he's working at the school and also like trying to like like, get her a date to the prom by manipulating this other kid to try to ask her out. It's just, like, it's just awful, you know? Like, and, and you know, like, you see in, in School of Rock, in the, in, the, in the classic film School of Rock that we all love, uh, you know, Jack Black, like, you know, it starts out as, like, a, a scam, right? That he's pulling. Yeah. But then, you know, he starts to really care about the kids and teaching them music, and he learns about, you know, himself, and, 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 and you know, it's a, it, he becomes emotionally invested in what's happening, and then when it all falls apart for him, it's like, oh, it's sad. Um, that, yeah, doesn't, he gets, that doesn't happen in this movie. <laughs> he, he, he gets invested in these kids' individual lives on, like, a level where, like, he wants them to like pursue their dreams. Yeah. And he wants them like there's a really emotional scene that that always hit me in that movie where there's like uh there's like a fat uh black girl who's a really good singer and and he's just like fucking Aretha Franklin is 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 the the best singer in the world. No one cares that she's fat. They just want to party with Aretha cuz when she <laughs> sings it's amazing. And then he's like and I'm fat too. No one gives a shit cuz I'm cuz I fucking I'm a god at the guitar. Go out there and sing. And I was like as like a fat as like a chubby little white kid with my <laughs> guitar. Was, that scene affected me like yeah. genuinely. Yeah. It's it's a good scene and yeah. like there's no heart in this fucking movie. <laughs> no, this fucking not. school of rock rip off. There's none of that. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's it sucks. <laughs> this movie sucks. I don't, I don't think know. Jack Black could even save this script. I don't. Th- it's. I don't think so. I was. I don't know. I was gonna go into like you know. I have. I have another section of the notes here at the bottom that just says gestures at the entire plot, <laughs> um, because it's just all awful. But like again, like I said before, I feel like I described the film and you already know why it's bad. Like yeah, it's just like it's it's just awful. Like he he he. At the video game tournament at the end, after he has, like, revealed himself to be a fraud to this woman and her daughter, he, like, says that he loves her on stage, and then it all, and then he apologizes and feels really bad about it, and then he get, and then they go, and then they all go to prom together. Yeah, It sucks. It sucks. (laughs) I, I don't know, like, maybe I don't need to do this, but really just imagine, like, trying to suspend your disbelief when you when you hear that the plot is that a 30 year old man covertly traveled across the country in order to meddle with a 15 year old girl by dating her mom 
<laughs> and, and, and it's supposed to be like funny. And that's supposed to be like funny, and yeah. you're supposed to like accept that the mom is able to like look past that and forgive him, oh, and man. then still like want to fuck him. Yeah, it's uh, this movie. If you saw this as a child, you learned bad things. Uh, it's no School of Rock. It's no School of Rock. What are we watching next week, Mark? <laughs> it, it's also no Camp Rock, but that's a conversation <laughs> for a different day. Oh man, this is real. This isn't me. What we uh, watch next week, Mark? <laughs> we're watching War Games. Uh, it's a good movie. I've seen it once as a child. It's one of my dad's favorite movies. Uh, I really enjoyed it, even as a kind of like a little kid. Um, but I think I'll enjoy it even more. We- we'll see. It's a 1983 uh, Cold War sci-fi film written by Lawrence Lasker and Walter F. Parks and directed by John Badham. I don't know that director, but... Would I'll, I'll I'll look it up and I'll see what else he's done. Uh, the the film stars, him. yeah. Uh, we've got Matthew Broderick. I definitely remember him being. Oh, he's boy. like super super young in this movie, but he's he's very good. Um, obviously Matthew Broderick from uh, from Matthew other Broderick movies in the eighties, killing someone with his car fame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Ali Sheedy, we got in there as well. Um, some other people whose names I don't recognize, but you know what? It's the eighties. Um, and I look forward to seeing if this movie is actually as good as I remember. Yeah. I've, uh, I've never seen this movie before. Uh, we were, we were like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we were like, you know, kind of having an existential crisis before the podcast started being like, what the fuck do we watch? I don't care about anything. Um, and then I posited, what if we watched a good movie? Uh, so we're going to watch a good movie. Um, we need this. And look, look, I know maybe some of y'all are not as interested in listening to the episodes where we watch good movies because you listen to the podcast to listen to us viciously savage things that have no artistic merit whatsoever <laughs> in a sort of Sisyphean task. Uh, but sometimes it's nice to, like, you know, talk about something that's good. So we're going to do that. And can, can, can I say, I do love describing things as Sisyphean tasks. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you agree with me on yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, it really feels like it, right? I mean, we we, yeah. we, we get on this we, we get on these microphones every single week, and we and we bemoan all of the awful tropes and all of the terrible things that happen in these movies. And it's not like the movies are going to stop being bad; they're going to continue to be like that. And cartridges in a club will have no effect on that. And yet, every week we show up to continue to do nah, Uwe what Bull we set out to listening. do. Bull's listening and he's, he's taking take, notes. He's taking fucking notes. He's ready. He's he's gonna hire us as script consultants on House of the Dead Three: The Deadening, uh, and and we're gonna make it even worse because that'd be a funny thing to Where do. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? You can find the podcast at Cartridge Cinema. That's at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter. Uh, join the Discord. It's linked on the pinned post of the Twitter. It's, it's fun over there. We, we talk about stuff. Uh, iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud are just some of the few uh, places that you can listen to us. Uh, you should rate us if you liked us. That'd be super chill. Uh, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. For me, it was Tuesday. Fuck cops! Don't join the military. I fucking mean it. For real. Peace. For real. Mutual Peace. aid is important. Please, if you are able to engage in mutual aid, please try to do so. That is something that I am going to be looking into in the coming week in order to hopefully help out my community. Beep boop. Mm-hmm. Do it. Con- continue to dig deep. Uh, donate your money. Donate your time. Yeah. Uh, 
what white people your work is not over that was not a spirit <laughs> week we are continuing this yeah show. it's not over <laughs> me and mark as white people <laughs> can't tell you the work yeah is that's not what done. i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah and, Sorry, and peace yeah. and peace that's a podcast that's a podcast sure did 30 minutes exactly oh good one love yeah. to see well we did try to do the intro like three times so so 28 minutes and 30 seconds yeah we'll see all right I'm going to stop recording now.